Turn with me to John chapter 3, if you would tonight. John's Gospel in the third chapter. A uh, long, long time ago, I got saved. I was 24. I uh, got married a little soon after that and uh, realized I didn't know very much about the Bible. Now, I was raised in church, but as I got older, I didn't care much for it. And I got out in the world and finally got saved when I was 24. And I uh, got married and then realized I didn't know anything about this book. So I started Bible college at Tabernacle. Baptist Bible College in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, never met a missionary in my met one maybe in my life. My wife had met one. Never been to a mission conference in my life. Uh, first year at Tabernacle, God called me to preach. Second year there, uh, God had a man named James Crumpton. Of course, he's in heaven now. He came and preached. And uh, when he got done, preached on Jesus. Oh, went through the Bible, went through, good Lord, archaeology, geology, everything. Preached on Jesus. And when he got done, he said, is there anything that could stop you from going to the mission field? Well, I thought, no, I can't, we both of us couldn't think of anything that could stop us. So we figured, praise God, God's called us to the mission field. So I graduated, we graduated, went to Scotland, started a church in Edinburgh, Scotland, turned it over to a Scotsman, came back to America, thinking God was going to send us to the military in Germany. But sometimes God changes your ideas into God's plan. Right. And uh, we ended up pastoring a church in a little town called Six Mile, South Carolina, for 24 years and five months. Now, Six Mile, real small. God don't know red lights. Got a dollar general about three years ago. I'm talking little, little, little. So we stayed there 24 years. And then... 2012, boy, God began to break our heart about India. Our son and his family is there now in New Delhi. And boy, the more I thought about it, the more my wife and I prayed about it, the more we realized that God was going to send us to India. So we prayed. I got scared and thought, God, what am I going to do? Not a young man anymore. What can I do? Well, Austin Gardner, more or less the president of our, our mission board and uh, the counselor and all these guys and me as well. Uh, when we figured, I went to him and said, also, I said, God's done with me at the church. I'm going to resign. And, uh, I'm going to India. And uh, we did. We we resigned January of last year. Been on deputation about 14 months. Man, i got no sad stories to tell you. We've got about 50% of our support. Uh, pastors, like your pastors, been gracious uh, to give us meetings, and a lot of them have took us home for support, a lot of good churches like this one, and God's been good. And the plan that God laid on our heart for India is to go to the villages of India. And our son, his wife, and two of our grandchildren in New Delhi. 23 million people in New Delhi. That's more people can I, I, I can even imagine. We were over there in October. Jim told us before we got there, he said, Dad, Mom, when you get here, you're going to realize that there's Indians everywhere. <laughs> He's right. They were everywhere. If you walk outside, you just you got no private space at all. I mean, they're just with you all the time. So there's 23 million in New Delhi. Jim, his plan, he's in language school. He preached last month a 30-minute message in Hindi. 
Man, I was proud of him. She was, my wife was proud of him. Uh, he said Dad, his wife videoed it so we could see it. That sounded good to me, but we don't know him either. He said, Daddy, it wasn't. It was terrible. I said, Son, those folks that were listening, it looked like they understood what you were saying, and he's doing a good job learning the language. He's going to start a church in New Delhi. He started a Bible study on Sunday, and on Wednesday, he's got seven or eight coming. One guy was saved when he got there, and three have been saved since then. He's been bringing them in, discipling the first guy that was saved. He's been discipling him. The other guys come listen, and they threw their other gods out and accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Now, Indians, they've got thousands of gods. They worship cows. You name it, they'll worship it. So what you've got to be careful of is make sure they throw the other gods out and accept Jesus as the God. And these fellas did. But Jim will start a church in New Delhi. We want to go to the villages of India. Now around New Delhi, there's 104,000 villages with not one gospel of the grace of God. Now when I say that, most folks from South Carolina, Tennessee, or North Carolina think, well, they just ain't got a Baptist church like yours. There's no Baptist church in the village we went to. They ain't no Methodist church. They ain't no Presbyterian. There's no Lutheran. There's no Catholic. There's absolutely nothing. There's two Hindu temples with a rope that hangs down from the ceiling. So the Hindus walk in. They ring the, pull the bell, pull the rope, rings the bell, and wakes their God up. But our God doesn't slumber. Our God doesn't sleep. They've got no Bibles. And I'm going to tell you this. You ain't going to believe me. You think I drove all the way in South Carolina to lie to you. They've never heard the name Jesus Christ. My son told me that. I said, son, come on now. This is dead. Everybody's heard of Jesus Christ. But I've got evidence they don't. We went to a village, they never heard the name Jesus Christ. Some of them never saw a white person. Really. They looked at my wife, of course they looked at me too, but they'd stare at us, touch your skin, and they touched hers and dressed her in, in an authentic uh, Indian way, the way they dressed, dressed my wife. They'd never seen white folks, never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I just don't think that's right. right. I think God died for everybody. I think the Son of God went to the cross, not just for white Americans, but for black-skinned folks, brown-skinned folks, and everybody else. I think Christ died for them. So our plan is to go to the villages of India, take a Bible, go out there, preach, teach, praying that God will save some Indians. Then we'll come back and we'll go four times a year. Stay as long as it takes to see somebody get right with God in those villages. And then we'll go back out there, take more material. We're going to get more men. We'd like to take a bunch of you with us. We're recruiting laborers for India. The only way we're going to reach the country with the gospel is if a lot of folks 
will go and help us reach those Indians with the gospel of the grace of God. Once folks get saved in that village, we can take some men at Jimmy's discipling, send them to the village, then we can go to another village and another village and another village and start multiple churches in the villages of India. Great job. I'm so excited. My wife and I can't hardly wait. We're going back in May next year, 2015. We're praying that God, 20, pray that God will let us get started going four times a year, start churches in India. So God, please get you to pray and help us get there, that God would give us souls for labor. I think, I'm just crazy enough to think if you preach this. God's going to honor this. God's not going to honor me. God's going to honor His Word. You've got saved because somebody preached to you out of this. And those Indians are no different. You say, but they don't know. Sometimes that's better. They've not been brainwashed the wrong way. Show them the right way. They will get the gospel. And once God draws them, they will get saved. So please pray. That God would help us get there and do what God's called us to do. John 3.16. And you're saying, preacher, it's a Sunday night. We all know this verse. We've all quoted it. We learned it in grammar school and Sunday school, Bible school, everything else. I think this verse is one of the deepest verses in the Bible. i got to confess, I really probably don't understand this verse. Because it says, for God so loved the world. I've been saying 41 years. I don't understand now why God still loves me. Sometimes I don't even like myself. But God loves you. God loves me. God loves everybody. Notice, He loved the world of sinners so much. That he sent his son to die for. Revelation chapter 5 verse 9 says, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou art slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. I read that verse and begin to think, what's God worthy of? And you know what comes to my heart? He's worth everything. He's worthy of me. He's worthy of everything I've got, everything I got old, everything I drive, everything I go home. God Almighty is worthy of all that. And the only reason is because He loved me enough to die for me. Nobody else loves me that much or could do that. He's worthy of me. He's worthy of my children. When one son's in India, we've got a girl. Grew up in, in Scotland. In a preacher's home. She kept telling us, I'm not going to marry a preacher. And she didn't. She married a logger. <laughs> then God called in to preach. <laughs> so she got it either way. Yeah. So both our children are in the ministry. That's great. Yeah. I got no problem with that because God's worthy. Five grandchildren. God puts them all in the ministry. Hallelujah. God is worthy. I'd be in hell if it wasn't for God. Three things about this verse tonight. Three things. Very simple. I think it's the greatest missionary verse because it says, For God so 
loved the world that he gave. His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. First thing I think this is the greatest missionary verse is because we've got an amazing God. Our God's amazing. There's nothing like our God. Absolutely nothing like our God. This love originated in heaven. Not here, but there. It originated in the heart of an omnipotent, omnipresent God in glory. God looked down and loved us. Man, that's great. God, that love is a holy love and it's honest. I love this part. It's honest. You say, Preacher, what are you talking about? Well, I pastored 24 years. But whoever's been here four. Yeah. Coming, on. Coming on four. In South Carolina, I had people in my church, they put their arm around and they said, Preacher, man, I love you. I love you. And then I preached something or do something. And you know what I found out? They didn't love me. I know they don't do that in Tennessee. They'll do that in South Carolina. They said they did, but they really didn't. God ain't like that. God's not. When God wrote in the Bible that He loves you, God ain't lying. God is honest. And God really does. I love that. God's honorable. And God will not lie. It's honest. Man, alive in the hour He loved us. Romans 5, 8 says, While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While I was sinning outside of God, didn't want God, God died for me. So we got an amazing God. It originated in heaven. And that little word, so, means it's outrageous. Really, this unusual love. Now I love folks that love me and you love folks that love you. But there's some folks really don't like me. You probably got an enemy in your life, maybe one. I really just don't like you. But God loved folks that didn't like Him at all. Yeah, that's right. God loved folks that really hated God. Yeah. Talked bad about God, cursed God, but yet God still loved them. And you know what's amazing about it? That love is unchangeable. All the days of your life will not change God's love. All the delays of your life won't change God's love. You know that? Now you say that's 24. I went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival meetings. My mother and daddy made me go to church. Made me. I got out of the military 23 years old. And my daddy had the audacity to come to my bedroom door. And knock on the first Sunday I'm home. Ain't been church in four years. He had the nerve come to my room and say, Son, get up. We're going to church. You know what I've done? I got up my church. You know why? My dad's about six foot five. And weighed about 240-something men. And he never read none of Spock's books on raising youngins. If I'd said no, he'd have come in and there'd been a fight. And I'd probably lost. So I figured it wasn't worth it. I got up with church. 24 years of that. 
Say no to God. Yeah. No, God. No, God. I'm doing it my way, God. If I'd have been God, I'd have put a number 12 upside my backside and I'd have kicked me out. Yeah. I tried, Jim. You want it your way? Have it your way. I see it. I'm done. God ain't like that. God loved us, loved me, you, while I was still laying and acting like an idiot. God loves us. All the degradation ain't going to change God loving you. And we look at people and say, man, they're sinners. And they really are. And we look at them and say, man, they're bad sinners. They're terrible. But do you know Jesus loves them? We got the idea there's levels. There is no levels. We're all sinners lost without God. God loves them. I told you, we got a boy. Our son's in India. He can get saved. He's 21. He's mean as I was. Crazy. Come in drunk, high on dope. And people tell us, boy, y'all just run him off. I thought, no, I don't run him off. God loves God love me, I'm going to love him. I wanted to shoot him three or four times, but I didn't. But you know, one day God saved that boy. God does that. God loves sinners. He always has. God started out loving sinners. And He always will. So it's unique. It's, it's unequal. It, nobody loves like God does. Nobody loves like God does. We've got to have an amazing God. And I think sometimes here in the States, we come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it. I get used to it. Some of us say, boy, God loves you. And they say, oh, honey, I know it. He went to the cross to die for you. Next Sunday, he come out of the grave so you could be justified. And I could too. (laughs) He loves us. So, the object. says, for God so loved the world. And that's all of it. That's just not the south, north, east, or west. God loved Abraham. But can I tell you, Abraham was a pagan. Just like Indians. He worshipped idols. Just like Indians. He did. Just like us. But God saved him. Do you know that in Matthew, three women are named. One's Tamar, one's Rahab, and one's Bathsheba. Not very nice ladies. But can I tell you a secret? Jesus loved them enough to save them. And can I tell you something else? They're in the Bible and you ain't. Really? I ain't either. But God loved I mean, we look at them and say, man, them was bad women. And they were. But they were sinners. You was bad too. And I was bad. And God saved us. They're just in the Bible. God loved Zacchaeus. Rich man. But yet God loved him. God loves Baptist. He does because he saved first thing named Paul. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Self-righteous, knew everything. Yeah. Had to be right. He's created Christians. God saved him. God loves everybody. That's right. Boy, the best one I know of is Mark chapter 5. Yeah. That old maniac of Gadara. Do you realize God crossed the sea yeah, that's right. just to get to that guy? He crossed on purpose to meet this demon-possessed man. Because he was the only one that got saved that day. That one fella, Jesus crossed the sea, cast the devils out of that guy. But you know the best part of the story? You find that guy sitting clothed in his right mind. 
they run Jesus out of town because he runs their pigs off the cliff. And they like country hounds as much as I do. So they run him out. They said, Jesus, leave. So Jesus goes to the boat to leave. And guess who's sitting in the boat? Mark 5, 18. It's that guy that had been possessed of the devil. Had been. That means he used to be. Now he's not. Clothed in his right mind. He's sitting in the boat. He's just sitting there. Jesus comes to the boat. He looks at Jesus and says, I want to go with you. Now, to me, that sounds logical. Yeah. Some folks, that's crazy. Because you know what dawned on me one day? That boat ain't got no destination name on it. It ain't. He said, Lord, I'll go with you. I don't even know where you're going. That's crazy. Not for a child of God, it's not. This guy loves God so much. He said, Lord, I'm going with you. And I don't even care where you're going. Amen. Man, that amazes me. You said, Preacher, I've got to go know where I'm going. That ain't faith, that's sight. And this guy said, I'll follow you. I don't care where you're going. God loved him. God loved the prodigal son. God loved perverted world. God loves people. We've got an amazing God. Don't let anybody tell you that God don't love you. God loves you. God's not standing over you with a ball bat. I think sometimes we got the idea God's over us with a ball bat. And every time we mess up, He goes, Boy, I got you. Boy, I got you. I got you. Bam, I got you. Hey, if if you're a Christian and you sin, God's going to chastise you. Just like you did your children. But God loves you. Always has. And He always will. Because He's an amazing God. But notice secondly, the reason I think this is the greatest missionary verse is that we've got an amazing gift. Man, He looked all over heaven and gave the very best He had for you and me. He didn't send an angel. He didn't create something else to send. God gave His only begotten Son. Only boy had. Only kid he had, a boy, and God freely gave him for us. And we got one boy. No, I wouldn't give him. I mean, pastor's got one boy. I dare say he loves that fellow back there. And I dare say he wouldn't give that boy for anybody. And I'd join with him. Neither would I. And if you're here this morning and you've got a son, neither would you. Our missionary going to the prisons of India has got a son. He wouldn't either. But guess what God did? God looked at a world of worthless sinners and said, I will give my son freely. And he did. I don't deserve it. I didn't solicit it. But God did it anyway. Freely gave his son. You know what I like about it? He gave it fully with no strings attached. I love that. He didn't say, Jim, if you'll do this, I'll save you. If you'll do that. He said, if you'll come to me, repent of your sins, and trust me, I'll save you. Yeah. And he did. That's right. we got an amazing God. Yes, That's the greatest gift that could ever be given. It was his personal one son. His personal only son. And his personal own son. And he gave it for us. Yeah. His son satisfied every jot and tittle 
of the law. Every bit of it, he satisfied it. He was my substitute. He was your substitute. He was my sacrifice. He was your sacrifice. God knew he was the only thing that could do for us what nobody else could do. Gracious gift. But thirdly and lastly, greatest missionary verse, because we got amazing guarantee. Man alive. Did you notice what it said? God so loved the world. And whosoever... Whosoever, that's you, me, and everybody. Everybody. I mean, you can go on visitation right here, down this road, and never carry that book to the wrong address. Never. Because there's a whosoever on the other side. If you knock on the door, somebody comes to the door, they're a whosoever. I don't know if they'll get saved or not, but God does. Whosoever. The condition, man, I just got to believe I'm a sinner. That's it. I knew that. Anybody in the right mind knows they're a sinner. I mean, some folks think they ain't, but they are. Well, they're not or not. I can believe I'm a sinner. Believe he's a Savior. Then, I got to believe if I ask him, he'll save me. How simple is that? I mean, a country person from a little town called Six Mile can understand that. With barely a high school education, can pick that up and get right with God. And it's certain, man, I'll drive home tonight, Lord willing. And I'm sure I'm saved. I know my name is written. I love that song. I know my name is written down. 41 years ago, I asked him to save me. He wrote my name down. And it's there. That's sure. And it's settled. I, don't, I got no problem with it. I'll worry about it. I die, I'm going to heaven, because what the Bible says. Oh, let me tell you this. It's awful sweet. Man, we sleep in a lot of different beds. I just We just lay down and go to sleep. Doesn't much matter if I wake up or not. I know where I'm going. Now, I, I don't want to die. I ain't up here saying hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. But if the bus is leaving tonight, I'm going to stay in here till y'all go get on. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. I'd like to finish in India doing some more for God. I'm ready. That's not right now. But if I do, I know where I'm going. It's cost of John 3.16. But can I ask you this? If God loved the world that much, and He did, He proved it, and sent Jesus to die for us, shed His blood on a cross, Painfully, anxiety, just pain on that cross for us. If he loved the world that much, how can I love it any less? How can I love it any less? You say, but preacher, the thoughts of the mission field scare me to death. Join the crowd. And that skinny kid back there going to the prison of India might be a lot braver than I am. It scares me to death. Always has. The unknown always scares me. But if God loved the world that much, how can I love it any less? God died for sinners. God gave me the opportunity and the privilege to show those sinners how to get right with God.